Welcome to a hilarious and informative show hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty. The worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling intersect in various ways. Both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. Very special episode for you guys here today. I'm here with my good mate from WrestleRoyalty.com, Andre Holly II. How you going, mate? How you doing, man? It's Duke Dre. <laughs> well, Duke Dre and Russell Royalty. Well, we go by our real names here, mate, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, and today we have a very special episode for you guys. We're going to be discussing... This should be a, might be a bit controversial. I don't think so, but let's be honest here. Pro wrestling does lift from other medias. So let's just be honest here. There are a few instances where pro wrestling has lifted ideas or concepts from the world of comic books and today we're going to be delving into some of the more obvious examples shall we say and i think i'm going to start out with the one that's the most recent uh bray white and alexa bliss could that be any more joker and harley quinn <laughs> oh yeah absolutely you know but um you know they've, they've executed it uh, you yeah. know pretty well but um even when Alexa Bliss came in to the WWE, when she, especially when she got called to the main roster, I mean, she was drawing those parallels from the get-go. Oh, yeah. uh, Liv Morgan recently has kind of drawn those two, but obviously, you know, Alexa's, you know, getting the ball and she's running with it. So, um, yeah. yeah, but that was very clear from, from the outset, you know. Well, even before Alexa um, uh, joined uh, Bray, um, Bray was already getting Joker comparisons anyway with the new Fiend mask because that's uh, – that's straight off the, the comics as well. That's straight out of uh, Death of the Family, where a Joker cuts his own face and leaves it in Gotham, then comes back to get it back before <laughs> waging war with Batman again. So, they would, uh, yeah, they're doing like some kind of it's like some kind of twisted Mister Rogers slash Joker type of thing that, that they're doing with him. Um, um, I, I love it. You know, it's just so so much depth. You know, to the character. Um, um, but yeah, joke, joke. Yeah, even. Um, you know, going back to the Batman cartoons, um, the, the influence that, you know, Joker had over Harley Quinn, you know, yeah. just, just the just mind control that he had over her. And we're seeing that with Alexa and, you know, the mannerisms and doing the backward walk, you know, that she does. And, um, you know, her laughing in the corner as Drew and Orton are fighting each other. It's like she's just, she's, 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 she's out of her mind, you know. And uh, um, I love it. I love it. It's 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 been pretty good, I have to admit. As someone who's not the biggest fan of WWE programming these days, it's one of the few, it's one of the few high spots in in, in my mind. And um, you know, and there are some uh, controversial aspects of the Joker Harley Quinn thing, which is why eventually they you know made Harley Quinn into her own uh, character and her own comic book and her own and her own film series now. So, but it. it it's still very interesting to see, and I'm, I'm very interested to see where they go with it, because obviously, eventually, Alexa will have to break free of The Fiend. I don't know when that's yeah. going to Probably like six months to a year or so from now, and maybe get back into yeah. the women's toll hunt or whatever. So it's just going to be... Yeah. Honestly, I think, they, I think they can put the belt on her as, as she is. Um, if, if I was Vince and creative, I'd go ahead and put the belt on her and, and Bray or Fiend or whatever going into you know WrestleMania, but that's a whole different topic, though, but... I just feel like there's there's 
much they can get out of that, you know. Well, one of the reasons why they have Alexa with uh, Bray right now is because she she's uh, injury prone and she's she's a hurting. So that's yeah. why. So that's why they've she's stepping back from in ring work to do the character stuff of Bray, which is fine and and, and it's working. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there are even more historical examples of you know pro wrestling, you know, lifting ideas from uh, comic books, uh, and it happens happened all over the world. I mean. In Japan, comic books are called magna. And, you know, most magnas are the basis of animes, like Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, Sailor Moon, all that. Most people don't realise that some of the biggest stars that come out of Japan, Tiger Mask, for example, is based out of a magna character. Okay, which, which one exactly? You said... You said... A, t- a Tiger Mask is, is one. Jushin Thunder Liger is another one too. They were both based off uh, magna and anime characters, so... Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with a lot of Japanese comics, but um, you know, I've seen. I've, I've obviously seen those. Seen those guys wrestle a lot, and um, you know, even like Rey Mysterio or guys who wear the you know the mask, you, you can always tell that there's always some kind of you know behind there. You know. Well, well, speaking of luchadors, I mean, you and I talked about this a little while back. The AAA promotion in Mexico is working with Marvel Comics, and they're introducing new wrestlers who are pretty much based off Marvel comic characters, which should be fun. Yeah, um, when is when is that launching? Anyway, do you know the exact uh, date? Or uh, I think it's I think the introductions of the wrestlers are starting in November, and I think the actual show Triple Mania is in December. They they usually do Triple Mania in August because of COVID, it was delayed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna have my eye on that this year. When I when I saw that, that definitely caught my eye. Uh, I wasn't sure if Marvel was doing their own promotion or if they're you know going to co joint. But either way, it's it's got my attention. You know, so um, and I, hopefully it'll you know. Get other people's attention, non wrestlers. You know, get them, get them interested as well. You know, I because I, Marvel, man, whatever they touch is, is it turns into gold, diamonds. You sure. know, so they've been successful in many, many avenues. So I, I feel like you know this shouldn't be any different. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's a bit sad that you know this probably a bit sounds a bit selfish, but I think it, it would have been so cool if uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was still alive to do something with it because he was in the original Spider-Man movie. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, even if he wasn't wrestling, man, just as a commentator, man, I think he yeah. would have been, you know, because he's such an over-the-top personality anyway, you know, yeah, so yeah. that, that would, it would have fit perfectly, you know. Well, maybe, well, maybe Triple I can uh, give Bruce Campbell a call because so, he was that. <laughs> <laughs> or Jay Lethal, you know. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Oh man, why not, man? Why not? Um, you know, and more historic, you know, lifting here. I mean, this is probably the big one. Uh, Sting in the mid nineties, yeah, pretty much ripping off the Crow, Brandon Lee's Crow. You know, that was, yeah. And but even though that was such a massive rip off of 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 the Crow character, both the movie and the comic books. I really dug it. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like at the time didn't like it because they were so used to like surface sting or whatever you want to call it. But like yeah. that was a big hit, and yeah. I think it really worked against the NWO angle and uh, you know hiding up on the rafters. That was really creepy, and it really worked. I mean, what was what was your take on that character? So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I loved it from the, from the outset. Um, you know, obviously, I wasn't you know into the behind the scenes stuff at the time. I was about eleven, twelve, when all that stuff was happening, and. Um, but this, just anticipation week after week of just seeing in the, in, the, in the Raptors not really saying much. It just added so much mystique to his character. He reinvented himself because 
you know, let's be honest, the, the, the surfacing character was not gonna, was not gonna uh, go very far in the late 90s, you know, early 2000s, you know, the wrestling business was changing so much and like him kind of, him kind of going into like a more darker direction while still, you know, being a face. Um, I, I thought did wonders for his career. He's got so much longevity out of that. He he was so good in that role that a lot of people overlooked the Surfer Steam aspect of his career now. You know, a lot of people don't talk about Steam between 88 and 96 because of how good he did betray, you know, Scarecrow Sting. You know, it's, you know, it, it, it was amazing, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously when Sting came out and he finally accepted the challenge and just kind of nodded his head, but he didn't really say anything, um, that the fans went crazy. They popped for that big time. I remember that. I was at my friend's house. Uh, we, you know, we'd always flip back and forth. Or if we weren't together, you know, one of us would be watching WWF, other one would be watching WCW. We'd call each other if something big was happening, and we, you know, flip over. And um, you know, the announcement that Sting was going to make his decision whether he was going to challenge Hogan or not. And when, when he did, man, the whole place went nuts. Me and my friends were talking about it the next day at school. It, it, it was amazing. Um, and, and like you said, that's probably the biggest one as far as like wrestlers portraying comic book, you know, characters, and probably the most successful one as well. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, you know, the WCW, you know, kind of botched it, you know, with the Starcade match, and yeah. that was kind of kind of downhill from there for you know for WCW in general. But yeah. you know, it was a great build, man. Maybe the outside of maybe Hogan, Andre, maybe or you know, maybe even surpassing that, that might have been the best built match ever in wrestling. It was definitely up there. Yeah, I mean. It did go downhill mid ninety eight after you know, uh, like I said, after Starcade, and he had that brief uh, title run that was uh, I forget who ended it, but he had some great matches with Macho Man in the interim and uh, with that, and then he joined yeah. NWO Wolfpack and he had that uh, uh, red face paint, which looked cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but he went uh, got rid of some of the darkness stuff and kind of reverted. Even though he had this new look, he was still back. He went back yeah. to like surface thing kind of. So yeah, yeah, which. As a as 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 a kid, I didn't really like because his thing. I didn't really grow up a surface thing. Like I didn't. Okay. I, I was about four or five years old. Well, his thing. I yeah. did. I didn't really get surface thing. What I got was um sting with short black hair. You know. Okay. Yeah, when he was just, when the NWO was just starting out, and he was yeah, that's when I first started watching wrestling, and uh, WCW yeah. specifically, and I didn't really get surface thing. Mm-hmm. I got. Uh, in between surface thing and uh, uh, crow sting, which which I don't know what. No, that that was, yeah, and that was pretty interesting too because I remember there was an imposter sting that came out of the limo and he attacked yeah, Luger, yeah. and we thought that was a real sting. So I thought that was a pretty interesting, you know, um, segment in his career. You know, as he made that transformation, of, you know, scarecrow sting, we kind of just isolated himself from everybody. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Crow Sting, people don't realise, Crow Sting from about 96 to, no, uh, to 97, for about 18-month period, he never had one match. Yeah, and I, I think it started because he was injured. I, I, I want to say it was because he was injured, and then the angle just, it, then it just kind of got over so big, they just kind of ran with it, which was, was, which was smart on their part. I don't think he was injured. I think he was just a bit banged up after being on the road for like a decade or so, and he needed, um, <laughs> and he needed R&R or something, just needed to... Just had a few aches and pains he needed to sort out. Like, not injuries, just, you know, lingering issues, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I think he had some substance uh, problems too, actually, because I know he uh, I think he was born again in 99 and he was uh, having substance uh, uh, issues from, like, 95 to 98 or something, so... Okay, I never, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I think he's a, uh, actually a pastor now, so... Yeah. I actually got another guy I want to mention. I, I don't know what... Came first, but I've always they've kind of for me anyway. They've always connected. Um, 
Undertaker was has kind of always reminded me of Spawn or vice versa. Um, mm. you know, he's you know, he's a good guy, but he's kind of he embraces the dark side, you know, of life and he's I guess you want to say he was like a hell's angel. And Undertaker always, you know, kind of kind of drew on that, you know what I mean? I don't know I don't know which one came first, the Spawn come, do you know? Uh, cuz I know Taker was introduced. Uh, Taker did. I don't think I think Spawn um I think Spawn and the whole Im- and whole Image Comics imprints came out in the mid-90s. That was a bunch of Marvel writers who uh, just f- started their own comic book company and Spawn was the biggest Yeah, because so. yeah, I remember there was a story about the guy who created Spawn. He, in- he introduced to Marvel and then they rejected it. There was something about it they didn't like and, you know, he just yeah. said, oh, screw it, I'm just doing my own thing. But I don't, re- I don't remember the time frame. I just remember, I remember the movie came out in 97 and um, I don't know you know, prior to that, when he was, you know, the character of the comics came out, but those two have always kind of, kind of reminded me of each other. Just, you know, they're, they're dark. They're not, they're not a traditional good guy in that sense. Kind of like Spawn is a traditional superhero. You know, he's from hell. He used to be part of Satan's army. And yeah. they, they kind of allude to a lot with Undertaker's character. They don't flat out say it, but they kind of allude to that. You know, he's from the dark side and he rises from the ground. He rises from the dead and, you know, it was the dark trench coat and, you know, he's, everything about him is just super, super dark, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, those those two always reminded me of each other. Um, interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know Taker came first. So that's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Taker came first. Taker started in 1990. I don't think Spawn didn't come out to like 93, 94. But don't quote me on that. I'm, I might be wrong. Listeners, if I'm wrong, let us know. Let us know on uh, Twitter at at spandex underscore pod and on Instagram at spandex underscore pod. I just plug those in while I'm here, while I'm at it. So. <laughs> But, you know, it, it, it happens everywhere, man. I mean, like I said, pro wrestling steals from the best of outside medias. And, you know, this isn't comic book uh, character, but it, it's, it's, it's fandom is to the point of comic book fandom, actually. Uh, are you aware of the um, Hitman video games? Like uh, Hitman Agent 47 in the movie? I've heard of them, but I've, I've never played them, though. But I, I do know what you're talking about. I've seen the commercials for them. Yeah. Uh, well, low-key while wrestling in Japan, will come out dressed as Agent 47 from the uh, 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 Hitman uh, comic book uh, okay. uh, video games. So that's another one. Uh, he, he used to do it, oh, when did he start doing it? A decade ago in New Japan when he was wrestling for the junior heavyweight title against uh, guys like Naito. So yeah, and I don't think Jap- Japanese people knew what it was. I don't think it was all that big in Japan. He, he came out in a full suit with two fake guns and he would wrestle in this suit. It's the full Hitman. Oh, he really? He would wrestle? You yeah, wouldn't take it off? No, no, no. It was full Age of 47, so the jacket and all. And it was funny, as the match progressed, the yeah. suit just got trashed. <laughs> oh, man. And it was, it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I think when he was in one of his um, last runs at Impact, he uh, wore a too, but I don't think he wore a jacket. I think he just wore the shirt, uh, the, uh, the shirt and tie with um, the gun holsters, mm-hmm. which, which was still a cool look. But hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, you know, there's just so many to mention. You know, we're talking about, you know, current, we're talking about past, but I got a big one for you here. This is one that's going to flip you out. 1956, little promotion in okay. Boston. Uh, I forget the name of it. They had a wrestler literally called Batman with two T's so they wouldn't get sued. I am not joking. Who betrayed him? Huh? Who betrayed the character? Which wrestler betrayed the character? I don't know. I can't. I can't figure that out. It's it, it's like a, a luchador thing. No one knows who it was. He was only around for like a year or so. I'll presume perhaps DC Comics uh, perhaps sued, and that's the reason why he went away. But 
but he literally came mm-hmm. from Gotham City, and it was it was it was it was a big thing. So, <laughs> what was this? Um, he said, was this in Mexico? You said? Uh, no, no, it, it was in. Um, I think it was one of. Uh, oh, Boston. Yeah, Boston. I think it was one of the. Um, you know how Vince McMahon's dad had a uh, had Capital Wrestling Corporation that was like pretty much like NWA, except it was just New York, Massachusetts, and a bunch of promotions that he controlled. Yeah. So that was, yeah. I don't know if it was his, uh, Vince's dad's idea to do that or one of the local promoters that uh, he owned. I don't know, but it, it, it happened and it was... Yeah, I wonder man. if there's footage of that anywhere. I might have to look that up. Yeah, look that up, guys. If you have footage of it, send us send it to us as well on uh, uh, Twitter Definitely. and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we uh, mentioned this once before, but... Uh, I think we talk about uh, Sting being the most successful um, person to lift comic book source material into their own gimmick and have longevity with it. I think Jushin Thunder Liger, technically speaking, might beat him because he began wrestling in the 80s under his real name and about two, three years in, he adopted the Jushin Thunder Liger uh, gimmick, which was based off an anime uh, and magna. And look at the career he, he had until he retired this year. I mean, 20 yeah, years at it all. I mean, he's going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, the, the like, I think like two weeks after he retired in, in Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan, they made the announcement. So, yeah. I mean, and, you know, wrestler, obviously, he's probably the most well-known of them all. He didn't rip off the, the gimmick completely, but he still um, elements of it. Kind of took his name. You know, Hulk Hogan does, a, does the whole Hulking up oh, thing, yeah. you know, Hulk. I'm not, I'm not sure if, that's, if that was by design or if that's just a coincidence, but. It was. it was okay. Yeah, uh, when he came to then WWF again, Vince's yeah. that's New York territory in 1980. It was pretty much a mm-hmm. ripoff of the old Incredible Hulk TV show. They did promos. Okay. They did promos of him, you know, coming out not green but lit in a certain way, so he would look Hulkish, and he would like flick yeah. toes, and then they'd have a voiceover in the background that was like the Incredible Hulk voiceover, and. and he you know what I mean? He does with the shirt, hooks up, the shirt tears off, and you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was always the well, the whole thing of him hulking up, him shaking the ropes. That was that was the Incredible Hulk. That's where he got it off. So yeah, so, yeah. And Ultimate Warrior was doing that too with the shaking of the ropes, but his his was more of like um, I would I wouldn't say Hulk. What's what was the? I think it was was a Godzilla. Whenever they got like electricity through the room, they would just like charge up and they would Hulk. Or who was that? Um, do you remember? It was it was one of those monsters that would that they would have King Kong, Godzilla, Mark one of one of those. I always thought Ultimate Warrior was a bit of a Power Rangers villain, but that but that predated Power Rangers, so I don't. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't predate the Japanese version of Power Rangers, which is the what well, the American ones based off. So maybe you did. I don't know, but I, I hear I hear what you're saying. Yeah, um, Ultimate well, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> That could have been every comic book character you can think of rolled into one. He was pulling everything uh, for, to, to, to that. Yeah. So who knows? Even the street, you know, from Parts Unknown, the, the face paint, the tessels. I mean, yeah. He looked, like, I mean, he looked like a comic book hero or, you know, you know, he just looked like he just jumped, jumped right up the pages at you. Yeah, he, 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 he actually did, man. I mean, yeah, man. Um, before we uh, continue on, I just want to say... Um, uh, Sad news in the world of entertainment. This isn't comic book or pro wrestling related, but I feel, feel we should mention it. Uh, the original 007 James Bond, Sean Connery, uh, he passed away last night at the age of 90. 
uh, you know, you know, screen legend, obviously, not just for James Bond, but also for Indiana Jones. Uh, he played uh, Indiana Jones' father. He was, uh, for a comic book reference, he was in Alan Moore's adaptation, uh, the ad uh, film adaptation, excuse me, of Alan Moore's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Not the best film, but still, it, it counts. And, you know, oh, the <laughs> Untouchables, just huge, massive catalogue, and he will be remembered forever. So, you know, rest in power, the original James Bond. So... Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I only have one more character to mention, and it's not really a character, but it's uh, someone who is obviously taking a lot of inspiration out of comic books uh, for his uh, costumes, and that's Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and he's and he's been doing that ever since WCW. Remember that unbelievable? Now, speaking of Halloween Havoc, a couple of days ago. That incredible match, Halloween Havoc 96, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. If you guys haven't seen that yeah. match, look it up on WWE Network. Absolute classic. Some of the moves done in that match have never been seen again, like the uh, springboard backflip DDT. Holy dooly, that's phenomenal. <laughs> but, you know, in that match, he came out dressed as the Phantom, you know, uh, one, uh, from because the Phantom film was out that year. And since then, he's done it a bunch of times. I mean, he's... I think he's portrayed three different jokers at WrestleMania, Heath Ledger's, Mark Hamill's, yeah, and uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix's. But yeah, he even did Avatar. He yeah, did Avatar. He, yeah, he, he did. He's done Spider-Man. He's done Flash. He's done... Yeah, man. Yeah, I think he was doing Flash around the time he won the Royal Rumble, I believe. Because he had the, the, you know, the red get-up. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I know he was dressed as Flash at WrestleMania 20 for the Cruiserweight... Open, I think they called it, like Cruiserweight, okay. Cruiserweight Battle Royal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think in his WWE debut, he wore a Spider-Man inspired mask, actually. So, yeah, I remember he used to wear the same thing in WCW as well. So he was obviously a comic book fan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, what was? What, uh, do you have a favorite one of his? Because he's had a, a bunch of them. So. Uh... You know, I, I do, but I don't. I don't think it was a comic book one. I, maybe, maybe it was, but I just don't. I don't. I can't think of the comic book character. But WrestleMania 22, when he came out with the with the feathers and the, um, it was like a like a light brown, and he had like the, the light blue. It almost looked like some kind of Pocahontas themed or like a. I think he. I, was, I, I think he was portraying an Aztec warrior. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, well that okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a comic book somewhere, but I just I can't think of a you know a well, name or anything like. That. Well, hang on. Now that you're getting on the subject of Aztec Warriors, you've actually brought me onto this. We've talked about okay. wrestlers and, and lifting comic books for just, you know, theme, just for characters and for costumes. How about a yeah. whole promotion lifting out of for comic books? Lucha Underground. If that wasn't a living Love comic it. book, I don't know what it what was. Love it. Might might be the most innovative wrestling promotion that we've seen like in the last, you know, probably since ECW in the you know yeah. mid nineties. The, the way they the way they shot angles, the way the way they produced it on television, it, it was like a soap opera slash movie. Even the wrestling, everything about it was cinematic. You know, they were doing that well before you know WWE started doing it, or before you know TNA or, or um, you know AEW. You know, they they I mean they were doing that on a weekly basis. Uh, they would even have seasons. You know, so yeah. I mean it, it was I, like a wrestling. I I really miss Lich on the Grand Man. I mean. That the whole thing ended on a massive cliffhanger with um Wade Barrett being introduced as the warlord, and I really miss yeah. 
game in. I was really looking forward to season five, which I think they were planning season five to be the last one anyway, but they just yeah. they couldn't get the funding for it. And, you know, it was on a network that was strapped for cash. So it's just, it's just so sad, man. But yeah. And it's, and, it's, and it's hard to get here. I mean, I had to buy each episode off iTunes because it didn't have distribution outside of the US. So I was buying... Oh, how much, how much was it costing you an episode? Oh, it was like two bucks an episode. So That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, bad. I, yeah I know. But they, they did over 140 of them. So add that up. Yeah. But I mean, think of it this way. You probably spend more on that on like, you know, you go to the store, you buy soda or, you know, a snack or whatever. Just, just think of it that way. I suppose, but still, it was kind of sucky. But oh, I've, 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 you know, I'm spending five bucks a month to watch AEW uh, Dynamite, so on Fight on Fight TV app. So, so you know. yeah, they don't have that in Australia yet. Uh, no, uh, no. Um, uh, the thing of it is, WWE doesn't ha- doesn't actually have a great TV deal down here anymore either. I mean, they've been on pay TV yeah. beyonds, but um, it, they're on you know uh, twelve o'clock on the afternoon. So with most people at work. And they used to have replay. Yeah. They used to have replays at eight o'clock, but they've stopped doing replays. So, hmm. but you know, you can you, the, uh, most because uh, we only have one pay TV company called Foxtel, which is uh, half owned by a telco called Telstra and, and Fox. Okay. So, uh, and they do like have an on-demand section. So most people, if if they come home and they haven't watched it yet, they just watch it on the on-demand thing. That's what I I used to do, but still, it's not the best TV deal. It's kind of Pro wrestling here in Australia, it's it's sadly it's kind of dead. It used to be massive, and it, it used to be massive in the sixties and seventies. Because um, I don't know if you know this bloke, a bloke called from uh, Minneapolis called Jim Power, who was an NWA promoter. He he came to Australia yeah. and he founded the original World Championship Wrestling, not the nineties. You, you said Jim Power, correct? A bigger pun, sorry. You said Jim Power. Yeah, Jim Power. Yeah. He used to be a wrestler too, right? If I'm if I'm I'm thinking of the same guy because there's a gym, there was a wrestler named Jim Powers too. Maybe we we're talking about different people, but uh, I think I think it was a it was a it was a different he was a different person. Uh, I don't think it was a wrestler. He was he was a promoter. He was a pure promoter. He was he was a scummy promoter too because um he built up the the promotion here and he brought down Andre. He brought down Jimmy Snooker. He brought down uh, Dick the Bulldog Brower. He brought down all the big stars from the sixties uh, and seventies. To Australia and massive, yeah. massive sellout cards in front of fifty thousand people some nights. But yeah. then he sold the promotion, left, took all the American contacts with him, and while he was in Australia, mm-hmm. he never bothered to develop the local talent. So, like three, four years later, mm-hmm. the promotion died, and pro wrestling in Australia has been sadly dead since then. With only yeah, with only like three or four wrestlers now breaking out, and those wrestlers were all trained either in Canada or Japan. So, okay, yeah, that's that's the sad part of it. But you know, trailing off there, so I think we have covered just about everything that we can cover for this edition. I think we've had a great time, and I'm certainly very glad to have you here, my old Madre. And let's have a few more of these. Yeah, Cool. Righto, guys. This has been Storytelling in Spandex. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, spandex underscore pod. I'm not just posting podcasts here, guys. I'm posting memes. I'm posting funny stuff, posting jokes, posting my own opinions about wrestling and comic books, posting news. It's a great old time. Please follow us. Too sweet us. Thanks a lot, guys. See you around.